Welcome to Men Alive, a biblical journey to help us become conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Paul Estabrooks. Our teacher is my longtime friend, Dr. Jim Cunningham, consultant in adult education and director of Go Teach Global. So, Jim, what do you say to men today who are watching pornography? Wow, that's a timely question, Paul. Before I answer it, do you remember when we ministered together to new Christians in Central Asia and they each had a background from a dominant religion opposed to Christianity? Yes, I do. There were many married couples there and young single men, a great group of new Christians. I remember after we taught a session on the Christian family, we had time for questions and answers. They openly and freely asked any question they had, whether theological or personal. They claimed that in their culture, it was considered somewhat normal or okay for men to watch pornography. One young single guy privately asked me, what's wrong with watching pornography? I'm not married. I'm not sleeping around with some other man's wife. I need a release, so I watch some pornography. What's wrong with that? What damage does it do? Those are the kind of questions that make you think carefully before answering. Exactly so. Before I tell you what I said to him, let me tell you about a dream I had two nights later. On our way home, we stayed overnight at a hotel in Beirut, Lebanon. I generally do not recall my dreams only three or four times in my life had I been able to record a vivid dream in my journal accurately. Dreams are not a regular occurrence. But here's the background. Since we were on a stopover, I set the alarm for 4 a.m. for our early flight back to Canada. But there was a time difference. I forgot to change my alarm clock to Beirut time and at precisely 3 a.m. the alarm went off. I was in the middle of my dream and sat straight up in bed. The last words were ringing in my ears. All hell is about to break loose. Run for it. In my dream, there were five distinct images. First, I was standing beside a fresh-flowing, clear river Second, to my left, there was what I will call a body of water. At first, I thought it was a lake, but it was more likely an ocean. The river of clean water in front of me flowed into this vast body of water. Suddenly, a wave of water containing garbage and floating sewage, plastics, etc., began flowing up the river like images seen in pictures from a tsunami. Fourth, over to my right, I saw a set of boat locks, the kind that allow boats in a canal to go from one level to another level. Those locks were closed like a wall, but I could see through a crack. This is a dream, Paul. That water was pouring into the locks, and the level was going higher and higher quite quickly, and would soon reach the top and flow over or burst. So there I was between the soon-to-overflow locks to my right and the surge of garbage coming up the river from my left. At that moment, I heard a voice crying, All hell is about to break loose. Run for it. The voice repeated it. All hell is about to break loose. Run for it. I could see the locks getting ready to rupture, so I turned towards the body of water, this lake or ocean, and there was a high building or a tower beside the lake. So I ran for this tower, and as soon as I got through the door, I woke up. But as I woke up, I heard the same voice say for the third time, All hell is about to break loose. Run for it. Wow, that's quite a dramatic dream. So Jim, have you thought about what your dream might mean? 
I'm still sorting out the elements of the dream. There was a fresh, flowing, clear river, a body of water, a lake or an ocean, a tsunami-like surge of garbage and waste, a set of locks, and a voice that said three times all hell is about to break loose. Run for it. And there was a high tower or building that provided refuge. What do you think this means, Paul? Any clues? Acts 2.17 in the New Living Translation of the Bible states, In the last days, God says, I will pour out my Spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. I'm not calling you an old man, my brother, but you did have a dream. My interpretation of your dream would be based on Daryl Johnson's teaching in his book about Revelation. The book is called Discipleship on the Edge. Page 136, he says, For the Apostle John, the sea represents everything that opposes the will of God. The sea represents all that seeks to overcome, undo, destroy the work of God. Based on your teaching that past week on the family and pornography, The tsunami of garbage or waste is pornography and sexual immorality advancing in our world at a record pace, opposing the will of God. But the past is mild compared to what is coming, when all hell is going to break loose and we will all need to run to the protective tower of God's word and God's will. I am not a prophet, nor the son of a prophet, but your dream seems clear to me. You are being told to be a prophet of warning about the coming evil, sexually immoral tsunami of garbage invading the minority still practicing clean living. Paul, I agree. This thing called pornography is a worldwide epidemic. Pornography is the number one search on the internet. If we smoke cigarettes, it stains our fingers and leaves a smell on my breath and on our clothes. If we drink alcohol, it can affect our behavior, and we can smell it on your breath. Men seem to think, well, if I watch pornography, no one will know because there is no stain on my fingers, no smell on my breath. Wrong. It affects your eyes, men. Yes, your eyes. Women can see in your eyes that you are looking at them as a sexual object, not as a person of worth. Scripture says, your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. That's Matthew 6, 22. Before you continue, Jim, let me remind our listeners that this is Men Alive with Dr. Jim Cunningham from Go Teach Global. We invite you to visit our website at GoTeachGlobal.com. There you will find lots of teaching topics by Dr. Jim and learn what the purpose and ministry of Go Teach Global is all about. He and I have also written a text used around the world titled Standing Strong Through the Storm. It's in its third edition and has been translated into more than 48 languages. You'll find some videos of Standing Strong Teaching on Dr. Jim's website, as well as the YouTube link to 12 webinar videos recently offered on the topics from this text. While there on the website, you can also see and listen to all or any of the episodes of this radio program and podcast, Men Alive. As of this recording, there are 128 programs there on many different topics, as well as comments from you, our listeners. 
So, go to GoTeachGlobal.com on the Internet. Author Lori Hall found herself married to a porn addict. Like many others, she asked herself a million times, What did I miss? How could I be so stupid? What's wrong with me? She says, I knew something wasn't right, but I couldn't put my finger on it. My husband was respected in the community, very intelligent, and a hard worker. Their marriage did not survive. Now she educates others about the impact of pornography. She says, The idea that porn is victimless is a cruel joke. Forty percent of professional men who are involved in pornography are going to lose their jobs because of it. And then she adds, When you're engaged in fantasy, you lose your ability to connect between action and reaction. You no longer follow cause and effect. The more you fantasize, the more you become disconnected from common sense. It affects your business judgment. It affects your ability to interact properly with other employees. It affects your ability to be intimate with your wife. The reality is, most people don't realize how pornography reaches out and grabs people. Pornography is a secret, wicked world in which people struggle to admit entrapment. Pornography is every bit as addictive as tobacco, alcohol, or cocaine. What gives you a thrill one day doesn't do it for you the next. You have to have more and more and more. What used to excite you and arouse you at first now requires more extremism and violence to stimulate you. And the images replay over and over in your mind. You even insert selected women into your mind's screen to imagine them as the object of your pornographic fantasy. One 38-year-old church leader resigned from his position and entered a recovery program for pornography addicts. He acknowledged that he first viewed pornography at the age of nine and became more and more addicted through his teen years. He confessed his weakness to his then fiancé about this problem. She responded, Don't worry, honey, after we get married, the problem will go away. The wrong answer only made things worse. The images in his head regularly played on the little screen in his mind until he was watching more and more and fantasizing what he considered bizarre behavior. His wife suffered clinical depression for not being able to meet his needs. By God's grace, he is now getting help. His recovery therapy program applies healing scripture to the heart of the problem. The last words of my Lebanon dream, Paul said, all hell is about to break loose. So to my friends dealing with pornography, at any level, there is a way to get help. Acknowledge you have the problem, prayerfully consider the options available for recovery, and find a mentor, peer, friend who knows you well and can offer support and encouragement. Then run, don't wait, run to the protective tower of God's word and God's will. Thanks, Jim. There you have it for today, men. God doesn't leave us to figure out how to overcome addiction alone. He gives us the gift of the Holy Spirit, the power of prayer, scripture, and community to help us fight back against the temptations when they come. And they will come. 1 Corinthians 10.13 says, No temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. And God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will provide the way of escape also, so that you will be able to endure it. The two best biblical weapons for overcoming sin issues deal with your mind. Get your mind straight with God's word, and you are well on your way for a life of purity. Take sinful thoughts captive. 
and fix your thoughts on what is good and true. God tells us we have powerful weapons to take our thoughts captive. We don't always have a choice about how or when they come into our minds, but we can choose what to do when they enter. Once you know the thoughts that are out of line with God's design, you can begin intentionally replacing them. And we become alive when we decide to become a Philippians 4.8 man. We agree to fix our thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable, thinking about things that are excellent and worthy of praise, knowing that God loves us, watches us, and desires us to become conformed to the image of His Holy Son, Jesus of Nazareth. For more information and encouragement, contact Dr. Jim at menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. That's menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. Men Alive is a production of Go Teach Global. Visit our website at goteachglobal.com. And until next time, I'm your host, Paul Estabrooks, on behalf of Dr. Jim Cunningham, encouraging you to be men alive, transformed into the image of Jesus Christ.